0: topic that we've been teaching on over the last number of weeks, basically, the leading of the Holy Spirit. And today's topic is how God leads the New Covenant saints through the area of dreams. We had a look at last week of how the Lord leads the New Covenant saints through the prophet under the New Covenant. And uh, this week we want to have a look at How it is that the Lord uses dreams in order to lead his saints under the New Covenant. But before we continue with the teaching, let's just pray to our Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is living and powerful and active and able to change us, Father. And so, Father, we ask in Jesus' name that I would speak as the oracles of God, that you would use these lips of clay to speak words of life. Father, I ask in Jesus' name that you would open up our spiritual ears, that we would hear that which the Holy Spirit would teach us through your word. All of this, Father, we ask in the precious and the mighty name of Jesus Christ our Lord. And we thank you for that, Heavenly Father. Amen. So we come to the um, subject of how it is that the Lord leads the saints under the New Covenant through dreams. We had a look at, in previous teachings, how the Lord led the uh, saints under the Old Covenant through dreams, and that he, he did use dreams under the Old Covenant. And we want to see how the Lord uses dreams under the New Covenant in order to lead His New Testament saints. And um, we'll open up with the scripture in Ecclesiastes, chapter 5, verse 3. Uh, the, Scripture reads, For a dream comes through much activity. And so most dreams that both believers and unbelievers alike have um, are dreams as a result of just the natural process of life. God has designed our our brains to, to function in, in such a way that Um, That which we we assimilate and we accumulate in in our memories store banks during the course of the day. When we go to sleep at night, um, what happens is the brain then sorts it all out. And the brain um, stores various memories and um, takes some short-term memory into long-term memory. And there's a whole process of how the brain in fact functions along these lines and dreams form part of that process. And it is the the way that we're, uh, we're made. God has designed us. Our bodies are made with with a stomach that, that digests food and those um, nutrients are moved into the blood vessels and that feeds our body. And, and so exactly the same manner um, in the, the, the soulish realm, in the realm of the mind, that which we... Um, see during the day, hear during the day, think of during the day. Uh, when we get to sleep at night, those processes, those thoughts, those words that were spoken, those visuals that we saw, the brain sorts it all out and the brain puts it into categories and it puts it into storage and it, it assimilates everything. And so the scripture tells us very plainly that one who lives a very active lifestyle very often will experience many dreams and so it's purely as a result of your lifestyle that dreams uh, are made manifest in uh, your sleep at night and so it's not a case of every single dream is from the Lord in fact the vast majority by far the vast majority of dreams is just a natural outworking of our, our normal daily lives. That we partake of during the course of our lives. Um, Another scripture that we can have a look at along this line is uh, in Isaiah chapter 29 beginning at verse 8 and um, again well let's just read the scripture then we'll just expound on it. It says it shall even be as when a hungry man dreams And look, he eats. But when he wakes, and his soul is still empty. But he wakes, and his soul is still empty. Or as when a thirsty man dreams, and look, he drinks. But he awakes, and indeed he is faint, and his soul still craves. And so in this passage of Scripture, the the Holy Spirit reveals to us that that which we are craving during our, our, our daily lives we tend to dream about as well. Um, In this instance over here, he's talking about a hungry man, and this hungry man is obviously, he's craving food, and he dreams about food, and he dreams that he eats, but when he wakes up, he found out that he hasn't eaten anything. And a thirsty man, he dreams about water, and he dreams about drinking, Uh, but when he wakes up, he's still thirsty because he hasn't partaken of anything. And so that which uh, we crave in the natural, we tend to also dream about. And so that principle also uh, in, is brought across into our dreams at night with regards to our, our, our lives. If we are anxious about anything in our lives, you will find yourself beginning to dream about those things. Um, and whatever you become preoccupied about in your life, you will find that that starts to feature in your dreams. And so all of that is just a natural outworking of that which is taking place in your life. It's not a dream from the Lord. Uh, when the, the, the chap dreamt about the fact that he was eating because he was hungry, the Lord didn't give him that dream that he was eating. He, that, that was his own mind that created that dream um, because that was what he was hungry after, and that's what he was thirsting after. And so we are able, by that which we preoccupy ourselves with, we're able to create dreams um, that seem almost to be real but when we wake up in the morning we realize that was just a dream and so again the scripture is very plain when it tells us that the vast majority of dreams that occur in our lives are as a result of our natural outworking of our daily lives it is just the way that god has designed um, mankind to function And to operate. Um, And that's as far as I want to go through on that particular point. Now we'll come to uh, dreams from the Lord. And we'll go to a scripture um, in Acts chapter 2, verse 17. And the scripture that we want to read. um, Let's read the scripture and then we'll expound on it. It says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. And so very plainly in Scripture. Um, This particular Scripture, Peter is quoting it in the book of Acts. Um, It is his first sermon, in fact, that he's preaching uh, uh, on the day of Pentecost. Uh, They've all been filled with the Holy Spirit, and there's a whole crowd of people that have gathered to to see this phenomenon um, because they'd heard the wind blowing and they have come to see what is going on and Peter gets up there with the other 11 apostles and he begins to preach to them and part of his sermon that he he preaches to them he quotes the prophet Joel um, in this passage of scripture and the prophet Joel is obviously speaking by the Holy Spirit so it is the Holy Spirit who's speaking Um, and He brings that particular passage of scripture into this age in which we are currently dwelling, which is the church age. Um, And he says that there's a number of things that are going to take place in this age. And he says, it shall come to pass in the last days," says God, that I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. And we know that he's speaking about the filling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because that, in fact, had just taken place on the day of Pentecost. And that was what Peter was really explaining to the multitudes in what they were seeing. And then he goes on to say, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And we know that uh, the gift of prophecy is manifested in the church today, that there are many. Who are used of the Lord to speak speak out in prophecy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And so, very clearly, dreams under the new covenant is of the Holy Spirit. And so, we can expect to have dreams given to us from the Lord, just as we can expect uh, by the Holy Spirit prophecy to be made manifest amongst us. And Uh, the lord to be using visions um, in the church but there is a a but to this whole thing and we're going to have a look at what what that but is all about but the point is very clear that dreams are used of the lord in the church age and we want to examine why it is that the lord uses dreams and just how does he use dreams in the church age because he definitely does as we have just had a look at scripture And so, the scripture we want to have a look at is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning at verse 7. We're having a look at what is commonly termed as the gifts of the Holy Spirit um, and the nine gifts that are mentioned there uh, through Paul's teaching to the church at Corinth. Beginning at verse 7, it says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same, same Spirit works all these things, just distributing to each one individually as he wills. And so we see that there are all these nine gifts of the Spirit that are mentioned um, by the Holy Spirit in this particular teaching. And prophecies mentioned there, and that prophecy uh, we saw I uh, referred to through the prophet Joel that Peter quoted earlier. Um, but then they come, we, he, they, there's a gift that's mentioned here, which is called the gift of discerning of spirits. And this particular teaching is not going to... Um, go through the gifts of the Holy Spirit because that that's a whole nother topic and subject and obviously very involved but i just wanted to highlight this one particular gift called the discerning of spirits because if you study the gifts of the Holy Spirit and you have your if you have an understanding along those lines you will know that this particular gift called the discerning of spirits is in fact um, the ability to see into the realm of the spirit um, and that is why it's called discerning of spirits um, and we see into the realm of the spirit through visions remember we uh, Peter quoting Joel again your young man shall see visions and your old man shall dream dreams it's through visions that we see into the realms of, of the spirit um, God opens up our our spiritual eyes and we can see uh, into the realm of the Spirit. And this particular gifting is not a very common gifting in the body of Christ. Not everyone gets to uh, see into the realm of the Spirit. It is only as the Holy Spirit wills. that last, in verse 11, it says, But one and the same Spirit works all these things. It's the Holy Spirit who works all these things. All these gifts are worked by the Holy Spirit. None of us can work these gifts of our own. Uh, for they are His, again, in the, in the verse 7, the opening of that passage that we looked at, it says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profitable. So mm. it's through these giftings that the Holy Spirit manifests Himself and he manifests himself as he wills it's not something that we can make demands on god and say god i'm going to prophesy now fill my mouth with uh, prophetic word and thus saith the lord not going to happen that way Um, god moves on the prophet to speak out thus saith the lord and the prophet then speaks that which the holy spirit manifests uh, would manifest through him and so it is on this particular gifting as well the gift of discerning of spirits into the realm of the spirits only happens as and when the Holy Spirit chooses it will happen. It is distributed to each one individually as he wills. He manifests himself as he wills. But visions of the Lord are this particular gift in operation. And there are many accounts in Scripture of visions of the Lord. We won't go through all of those accounts because we will look at some accounts Um, in this teaching with regards to dreams and also with regards to visions from the Lord. But that is really this particular gifting that that is being manifested when one has a vision from the Lord. Let's have a look at another scripture and the scripture is Acts chapter 9 verse 8. We'll read it and then I'll explain it. The scripture says, Then Saul arose from the ground when his eyes and when his eyes were opened he saw no one. But They led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And so this particular uh, scripture, uh, the background here is that Paul is an unbeliever. um, When this incident takes place, he is on the way to Damascus from Jerusalem, and he's on the way to destroy the church in Damascus. Um, he's He's created havoc in the church in Jerusalem, and his whole mission and aim is to do away with the church he he, he truly believes that the uh, the church is uh, a, a sect that needs to be uh, eradicated and so he that's his mission and he's out to do that on his way the Lord appears to him um, through a dramatic uh, visitation and, and a, a vision uh, a, a bright light from heaven. Um, Falls upon him and he gets knocked to the ground. In fact, all of his companions get knocked to the ground. Uh, he hears God speaking to him, he hears the Lord speaking to him. And in fact, the Lord actually appears to him and the Lord speaks to him. And in that vision, Paul is born again and he is saved. And that scripture that we've just read now is at the end of that particular vision where the scripture says, Then Paul arose from the ground. And when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. And that's what I really wanted to concentrate on with regards to this teaching now is that statement there. When Saul arose from the ground and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. It's very important we understand what happened here. When Paul, because if you, you read scripture, you'll know that the Lord appeared to Paul and spoke to him in this vision. But when Paul had this vision from the Lord and and saw him and spoke to him, Paul's physical eyes were closed. He was not, uh, his eyes were not open uh, because we just read here at the end of this account when his eyes were opened, he didn't see anyone. And the reason for that was, was we know that uh, the Lord had put scales over his eyes so that he couldn't see and he was blind for three days. Um, But I wanted to bring that in to introduce the fact that in visions, remember we're dealing with the, the gift of, called the discerning of spirits and the gift of discerning of spirits is visions from the Lord seen into the realm of the spirit. Um, and in visions there are three types of visions that you get in scripture um, and they kind of are you have the the highest kind of vision then the next the next one is the one lowest uh, lower than that and then the next type of vision that you get in scripture is what we called a, an open vision an open vision is when um, you are interacting with the spirit realm as if you were interacting with in the natural realm um, translated means the spirit realm basically comes into the natural realm Think about when our Lord appeared to the disciples that evening um, when he was raised from the dead. And he just he was in, they were in the room, the doors were shut, and there the Lord stood. And the Lord was with them and the Lord said, Feel me, touch me, handle me. A spirit doesn't have uh, flesh and bones such as you see I have. Have you guys got any food here? And they gave him broiled um, fish and a honeycomb and he ate in their presence and he spoke to them. That was an open vision because the Lord stepped out of the spirit realm into the natural realm and interacted with the saints and they could see him they could touch him they could hear him uh, it was as if he was in the natural with them that was and so that was an open and then he disappeared after that so that is what an open vision is there's is, is a, is a complete interaction between the natural and, and, the, and the spiritual Then the next type of vision that you get in scripture is the one that is referred to as a trance. Um, Peter fell into a trance when the sheet was let down from heaven. Uh, Paul fell into a trance when he was in uh, the temple in Jerusalem and he was praying and the Lord appeared to him and spoke to him. And when one falls into a trance, their their physical senses are suspended. Um, they have no knowledge of what is going on around them in the physical. They they're still there physically. Um, anybody looking at them can see that they're there, but the person themselves have become completely divorced from the natural their natural surroundings and are completely taken in by the Spirit in that they're seen only in the Spirit. Everything they're experiencing is in the Spirit realm. They are not in the Spirit realm, but what they're experiencing and seeing and hearing is in the Spirit realm. And that's what a a trance is all about. And then you get to the lowest type of vision uh, in, in the category of visions and that is the one that Paul had when he when the Lord appeared to him on the road to Damascus In that he again saw the Lord Jesus. He spoke to him. The Lord spoke, uh, spoke to him um, And he interacted with the Lord But he was not in a trance, but his eyes were closed And so he, he was seen with his spiritual eyes. He was seen in the spirit, but he wasn't in a trance He had fallen to the ground um, he, he realized he had fallen to the ground um, but he didn't fall into a trance and he, he saw the Lord and spoke to him but he, all of that took place in seeing in his spirit all of that he saw in his spirit and I said all of that to you to bring down to you the, the fact that a dream falls into that category of vision it equates very much it's very similar to the lowest type of vision that one can get, which is seeing with the eyes of your spirit. Um, in other words, not an open vision, not a trance, just seeing inside your spirit what is taking place in the spirit. And a dream falls into that category. Um, for dreams and visions are, are the same. Prophecy, dreams, visions, this is all the the, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in, a, in his different Uh, giftings as he sees fit and a dream falls into that category and it equates with the lowest type of vision um, that one can get and so it does form part of the gift of the discerning of spirits and so it is the saints who have been given the gift of discerning of spirits who will experience dreams from the Lord Um, just as those same saints can experience visions from the Lord but as I, again, as I said earlier, the, this particular gifting is a, is, is a very rare gifting. It certainly is made manifest in the office of the prophet, for the prophet's ministry requires the, the revelation gifts to be part of his ministry. Um, he needs to be... He, the gift of prophecy is there, tongues and interpretation of tongues is there, but also the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and or the discerning of spirits is part of the prophet's ministry. And so dreams... Also, form part of the prophet's ministry. But also, there are um, lay members in the church who have been given the gift of discerning of spirits by the Lord, uh, by the Holy Spirit, and they will experience uh, dreams whereby the Lord uses them to be able to communicate to the church uh, the dreams that they've had. But one who has. Um, this particular gifting as a prophet will experience more manifestation. The prophet's ministry. Let's look at the the gift of prophecy. The simple gift of prophecy. Um, you have uh, pro- prophecy is speaking out by divine utterance that which the Holy Spirit has placed within the person, and we know that. Um, prophecy, the simple gift of prophecy is to edify the body of Christ, to, to build up the body of Christ, it's, 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 it's to exhort the body of Christ, and so it, it is, uh, thus saith the Lord, God loves you and God God's pleased with you, that, that, that's the simple gift of prophecy coming out uh, through a, a lay member in the church. A prophet would also prophesy, but the anointing on the prophet would be that much more. In that the prophecy that would come out through the prophet would be deeper would be more powerful would have a greater degree of revelation to it um, think of Agabus when he got up and prophesied uh, he prophesied there was going to be a, a, a famine that was going to come across the whole world and the church was able to get themselves ready for that that's so in, in prophesying Agabus was speaking just like a, a a lay person would speak prophet, prophetic word but a greater degree of anointing a greater degree of authority um, a greater degree of accuracy coming through the prophet's ministry exactly the same th- uh, process takes place in the gift of discerning of spirits with those who have the gift not all prophets have the gift of the discerning of spirits um this particular gift is only given as the Lord wills and not all laymen have the gift of prophecy, not all laymen have the gift of discerning of spirits as well, but it is part of the gifting that is given to the body of Christ um, through the Holy Spirit. It's the way that he has made makes himself manifest um, through the, the body of Christ uh, in the church today. Um, I've had a number of dreams from the Lord myself and in my ministry and I've never yet once sought a dream from the Lord. The Lord has always given me a dream as and when He wills and that's also very important for us to learn, we'll have a look at it later in, in, in the teaching, is that you cannot seek after, you cannot seek after visions from God you, you, if you do seek after visions from the Lord you're opening yourself up to weird things, okay, because the God of this world will accommodate um, what we can do is we can make ourselves available to God um, and we can prepare ourselves and we can be um, in fellowship with the Lord and then as the, as the Holy Spirit wills, so we yield to Him if and when He wills to make Himself manifest in our lives. But we cannot manufacture a vision. You can't go out and prophesy unless the Holy Spirit uh, puts that unction inside of you and exactly the same thing, you cannot uh, manufacture a vision and if you seek after visions you're going to get yourself into trouble and also dreams come in into the same category it's important that we understand this concept that dreams form part of the category of visions under the New Covenant it's just a different, it's, it's the lowest form of vision uh, it, it equates to the lowest form of vision but nevertheless it falls into that category And we are not to seek after dreams. Uh, Dreams will come across if and when the Lord decides to give them to us. Um, He will um, give us dreams uh, if we need to have them. Let's have a look at a scripture. Job chapter chapter 4 verse 13. Talking about, uh, we want to have a look in, in, in scripture. We want to have a look at accounts. At examples of dreams specifically under the New New Testament to see how the Lord uses dreams under the New Testament but the point that I wanted to bring across here in this particular scripture is when you look at uh, the Holy Spirit is very uh, unique in the way he uses words in scripture quite often he uses words to point us to what it is that he's actually doing or saying um, uh, I can't... No. All right, an example. Um, when the, in the book of Acts, whenever the scripture says a certain man or a certain Jew, it's always talking about an unbeliever. But whenever the scripture says a certain disciple, it's always talking about a believer. And so the Holy Spirit uses his words correctly because he's He's wanting us to see uh, who who in fact is being... Uh, who's the subject of that particular account, so we can get get a clearer understanding of uh, how he he operates um, in the church. And so this particular scripture says to us, in disquieting thoughts from the visions of the night, when deep sleep falls on men. And so we see the terminology used here by the Holy Spirit is from the visions of the night, uh, when deep sleep falls on men. Whenever we see in scripture visions of the night or night visions the Holy Spirit is really saying to us dreams. Um, it's one and the same thing and if you go through scripture and we're going to have a look at now scripture in the, in, uh, in the book of Acts, the New Covenant, um, where it talks about visions of the night, it's, he's talking about dreams. He could use the term dreams if he, if he chooses but sometimes he just chooses to use night visions. And so he specifies that this vision took place at night because this was, in fact, a dream that took place. Um, But there are also accounts of um, visions that occur at night. Um, But look at the terminology that the Holy Spirit uses in those instances. And we'll look at two accounts. Acts chapter 23, verse 11. Scripture says, But the following night the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul. As you have testified for me in Jerusalem So you must also bear witness at Rome And so here the Lord Jesus appears to Paul at night But it doesn't talk about a vision at night It just says that the Lord stood by him but the, the following night the Lord stood by him and said And so definitely this is a vision But it was probably was an open vision um, Because the Lord physically stood by Paul and spoke to him um, and So this was not a dream that Paul had. Another scripture, Acts chapter 27, beginning at verse 22. Um, This is Paul speaking again. It says, And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul, for you must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore take heart, man, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. And again, here we see an angel of the Lord appearing to Paul at night. But again, it's the, the Holy Spirit says, for there stood by me this night an angel of God. And so again, it was probably this was an open vision that Paul had, or it might have been a spiritual vision, I don't know. But it was not a, a dream because this angel stood by Paul and gave him the message from God. And so terminology changes now when we're going to look at dreams and the first account we want to have a look at is in Acts chapter 16 beginning at verse 9 and here the Bible the Holy Spirit uses the terminology vision at night he says and a vision appeared to Paul in the night this is a dream that Paul is having a man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him saying come over to Macedonia and help us now after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. The background here is that Paul and his ministry team are seeking guidance from the Holy Spirit as to where it is that the Holy Spirit wants them to preach the gospel. And they had tried to go into Asia and the Holy Spirit then uh, forbade them from going into Asia. They tried to go into Barthania, I think it was, and the Holy Spirit had forbade them from going in there. And so they're actively seeking God's counsel, Uh, Lord, where is it that you're wanting us to go and preach the gospel? Um, And it's in that light that Paul has a dream. And when he has the dream, he sees in in the dream a man from Macedonia. And that man from Macedonia is standing and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And so... Paul, after that vision, after the dream, have, uh, they conclude, okay, God's answered, he wants us to go to Macedonia, and they make their plans to go to Macedonia, to go to, and they landed up in Philippi to go preach the gospel there. Um, but they hadn't, so Paul hadn't been asking, Lord, will you please answer me by a dream? They had been seeking the Holy Spirit's counsel, they had been praying about it, and they they'd made known to the Lord, Lord, we 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 need your counsel. We need to understand where you want us to preach. They try to go into one area, and the Holy Spirit said, No, I don't want you there. They try to go into another area, and the Holy Spirit said, No, I don't want you there. And so, they they're praying. I would imagine there might have been some fasting going on because now you know they they need to know where to go, and the Lord answers Paul through a dream, and gives him guidance as to where it is that the Holy Spirit wants him to go and preach the gospel. Now, the Holy Spirit could have answered through a prophetic word. The Holy Spirit could have answered through a word of knowledge, through whichever manifestation the Holy Spirit could have wanted to choose to do. But the Holy Spirit chose to answer Paul's prayer and his ministry team, because everybody was obviously seeking the Lord. Uh, through this particular mechanism, which is a dream. And so it was a very clear dream. The Bible says, come over to Macedonia and help us. Uh, No way that Paul could misinterpret that that dream. Uh, There was God saying, alright, I want you to go to Macedonia and go preach the gospel. And they took that guidance and said, thank you very much, Lord, and off they went to go to preach the gospel in Macedonia. And so that's one account. But again, I wanted you to have a look at the the terminology that the Holy Spirit used there and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. Okay, Uh, whenever the Holy Spirit tells us there's a vision in the night, he's saying it's a dream because otherwise he could have just said it's a vision. We we, we, we wouldn't worried whether the vision was in the day or the night means nothing to us reading that account in Scripture. A vision appeared to Paul. Okay, so the Holy Spirit went, but the Holy Spirit wanted us to know that this vision occurred at night and the reason the Holy Spirit wanted us to know that this vision occurred at night because the Holy Spirit wanted us to know he answered Paul's prayer through a dream. And so we'll have a look at another account in Scripture. Um, Acts chapter 18 beginning at verse 9 and again look at the, the, the terminology that the Holy Spirit uses. Now the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision. Do not be afraid, but speak, and do not keep silent, for I am with you, and no one will attack you to hurt you, for I have many people in the city. And so again, um, the Holy Spirit specifically tells us that the Lord appears to Paul in the night by a vision. Why do we need to know that? If he appeared to to Paul by a vision, why do I need to know whether it happened in the night or in the day? The reason is I don't need to know that, but what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell me is that this particular vision was a dream because it occurred at night. Paul was asleep and the Lord appeared to him in a dream. No, the Holy Spirit could have said in a dream the Lord appeared to Paul. The uh, the Holy Spirit chose to say um, in the night by a vision the reason that the holy spirit's put it there like that is so that he could just let us know this was a dream that paul had and so the lord appeared to paul in a dream and the lord gives him encouragement in his dream uh he'd obviously gone into uh corinth with with a lot of um fear if you go read the book i came to you guys with fear and trembling um you know Paul suffered a lot of persecution and uh, there was a uh, he, he took a lot of strain he was stoned once he was shipwrecked many times he was beaten many times he was you know Paul suffered a lot um, and the Lord just is encouraged him in this particular city and with a very specific word of knowledge as well but the Lord said to him no one's going to attack you here Paul so don't be afraid here because I've got a lot of people in the city now there was an encouragement to Paul because Paul, had not yet begun ministering as such in the the city. And so it was encouraging to Paul, for him to know that there were lots of Christians who were predestined to come into the kingdom of God, um, who were appointed to the gospel. And so Paul could take encouragement by that, by knowing that as he preached the gospel, so the Lord would add more and more in that particular city. But the point is, Paul has a dream. And the Lord appears to him in the dream, the Lord gives him encouragement in his dream, and the Lord also gives him a specific word of knowledge uh, as to how he is to approach uh, his ministry in that particular city. And then we'll look at one more account in Scripture where the Holy Spirit talks about the fact of a vision at night. And the account we'll look at is in Acts chapter 12, beginning at verse 6. Scripture says, And when Herod was about to bring him out, uh, that night, Peter was sleeping. And so, the background here is Peter's been arrested. James has already been killed by Herod. Herod wants to kill Peter. Um, it's during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And so, Herod decides he'll kill Peter at the end of the feast. And it's the night before the feast is about to end. And so, Herod is about to bring Peter out the next day to, to have a mock trial and then to execute him. And we're picking up the account there. Says, and when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guard before the door were keeping the prison. Now, behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him. <clears throat> now, this is all real. This is all in, this is open vision stuff that's occurring right now. But at the end, we'll see how Peter's viewing it, okay? Um, now, behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. And then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garments and follow me. And so he went out and followed him, and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. Okay? Peter was sleeping. And Peter thought he was seeing a vision. Peter thought he was dreaming. Okay, So the Holy Spirit uses the word vision, but in fact uh, Peter is thinking he's dreaming. He, this whole thing that he's going through, it up until the time that he really gets comes to himself, he realize oh, this is actually real. But all that time he thought he was dreaming. And Peter had anticipated that he was having a, a dream given to him from the Lord. But the Holy Spirit uses the term vision. And so I just wanted to put that across to you so that you can see in Scripture and when the scripture refers to a vision in the night, or a night vision, it is in fact referring to a dream. And so dreams are very uh, real as a, a tool given to us by the Holy Spirit in order to give us guidance in the church today. Um, and there are many forms that, the dream, that dreams take place. Um, the ones that we, the accounts we've had a look at are very simple dreams. And by and large, under the New Covenant specifically, uh, the dreams given to us by the Lord are very simple, easy-to-understand dreams. They're not complicated dreams whereby you've got to now go and really uh, meditate upon it and think about it to try and understand what the interpretation of the dream is. Um, Even in the visions given to us under the New Covenant, outside of the book of Revelation, the only vision that... uh, uh, that needed some kind of a a thought process for Peter to understand was the vision of the sheep being let down from heaven. Um, He had to understand what the types and the terminology was that the Holy Spirit was using. But by and large, as we saw in these two accounts, three accounts really, um, the dreams are simplistic and very straightforward and gives us clear guidance as to what it is that the Holy Spirit's wanting us to do at that particular point in time. However, um, Scripture also warns us about dreams. Um, and I said at the outset that dreams fall into the same category as visions, and visions fall under the gifting, dreams and visions fall under the gifting of the of spirits. And these gifts operate as and when the Holy Spirit wills. It's not something that we, not a button that we can push. And if we do try to push the button, we are going to open ourselves up to weird things. And let's have a look at some scripture along that line. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 8. The Lord speaking, For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Do not let your prophets and your diviners who are in your midst deceive you, nor listen to your dreams which you cause to be dreamed. And so it is possible for us to cause dreams to be dreamed. Um, and the lord lord's counsel about those dreams don't listen to them do not let's look at it again it says nor listen to your dreams which you cause to be dreamed and so you also you get the false prophets um, and the false you know, false prophets i suppose is, is the category uh, who are espousing dreams that they've had and uh, those dreams don't line up with scripture at all and those visions that they have don't line up with scripture at all and the Lord's counsel is don't listen to them because where do they get the input? They get the input from one source. And that is the God of this world who accommodates those who are seeking after dreams and visions. When our Lord tells us not to do that, we're not to seek after visions and dreams. I've had many dreams given to me by the Lord and I've never saw one. Every one of those dreams came to me out of the left field, so to speak, um, I wasn't seeking the dream. The Lord gave that dream to me and he spoke to me in the dream. Um, uh, And so we are not to be seeking dreams. We're not to be seeking visions from God. We we can seek his counsel. We can seek his leading and his guidance. That is scriptural. That we can ask him. Lord, I need you to give me guidance in this area. I need wisdom in this. Where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to go preach the gospel, Lord? And uh, if the Lord chooses to answer through a dream, so be it. If he chooses to answer through another mechanism, so be it. But do not say, Lord, I want you to give me a dream because um, the God of this world will accommodate us. An example of where the God of this world accommodated one in a dream again is in Job chapter 4, beginning at verse 12. Um, This is Eliphaz, the Temanite, who is one of Job's counselors, uh, who is now recounting to him... A dream that he had and this is his dream that he recounts he says now word was secretly brought to me and my ear received a whisper of it in disquieting thoughts from visions of the night when deep sleep falls on men fear came upon me and trembling which made all my bones shake then a spirit passed before my face the hair of my body stood up it stood still but I could not discern its appearance. A form was before my eyes. There was silence. Then I heard a voice saying, Can a mortal be more righteous than God? Can a man be more pure than his maker? If he puts no trust in his servants, if he charges his angels with error, how much more those who dwell in houses of clay, whose foundation is in the dust, who are crushed before a moth. They are broken in pieces from morning till evening, They perish forever with no one regarding. Does not their own excellence go away? They die even without wisdom. And so that's a dream that uh, Eliphaz, the Temanite, has. And he recounts it to Job in his counsel that he gives to Job. But if you recall, at the end of of Job's ordeal, God appears. And God speaks to um, Job. And rebukes Job for what he had been saying and what he had been thinking. Um, But God also rebukes the three wise men, so to speak, the three counselors of of Job. And he has specific words for Eliphaz the Temanite. um, And it's not good. And the Lord is saying, that which you spoke to my servant Job is not right. And he, God includes the dream that he recounted because that dream was not from God. And so God is now rebuking Eliphaz, the Temanite. And so we pick it up in Job chapter 42, beginning at verse 7. And so it was, after the Lord had spoken these words to Job, that the Lord said to Eliphaz, the Temanite, my wrath is, against you, is aroused against you and your two friends. For you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has now therefore take for yourselves seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering and my servant Job shall pray for you for I will accept him lest I deal with you according to your folly because you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has and so our Lord um, rebukes Eliphaz for this uh, counsel that he's given including that dream that he had uh, recounted to Job because that dream was not of God. That dream was obviously of satanic origin and Eliphaz was too dumb to know it. And so it is important for us not to seek after dreams from the Lord because our enemy will accommodate us. He has that ability. Um, He is the God of this world. And so if we seek after visions and dreams, visions and dreams will will come your way but they're not going to be from God and so God God's counsel to us is do not seek after them and he will manifest them as he chooses I'm going to close off this particular teaching today with a, an account of a dream that the Lord gave me and as I said the Lord has given me a number of dreams uh, but uh, this particular uh, dream that I had um, what happened was I was in an auditorium and I I was standing at the back of an auditorium and uh a minister of the gospel was getting up to take the podium to preach the gospel. I don't know who it was. Uh, I didn't recognize him. Um, but there I was, I was standing, in this first this pers- particular person was about to, to preach his sermon. And I was aware of the Lord coming up from behind me and coming to stand on my right hand side, alongside of me. I didn't look at him, I was just aware that the Lord was there. And then what happened was then I turned to the Lord. Um, and I I didn't, I, I don't know what the Lord looked like. My dream does not give me that detail. Uh, I just know that I looked at the Lord. I turned to Him because I was where He was standing on my right. I turned to Him and I said to Him, I said, Lord, I'm going to have to judge what this man preaches based on, in line with what Your Word teaches us. Um, and the Lord said nothing. He, he, he gave me no answer to that comment. And then I found myself saying this to the Lord. And this, this shocked me in my dream when I said it. And I said to the Lord, I said, because Lord, even if you were to teach me something that was contrary to your word, mm-hmm. I would have to challenge you on that teaching. And that shocked me that I said that. But then my next comment that I made to the Lord, and again, the Lord just looked at me, said nothing. And then the next comment I made to Lord, now I burst into tears when I made this comment. I said, Lord, because Lord, if we do not have your word to guide us, then we are completely vulnerable. And when I said those words, the power of God, again, the Lord said nothing to me and I had no recollection of what he looked like. He made no response. But when I made that comment, the power of God came tangibly all over me. And I woke up in my bed and the power of God was still tangibly all over my body. And I was in tears and I was thanking the Lord and I was praising the Lord. And so that particular dream the Lord gave me at a time when He was dealing with me about the end times and and dealing with me about what, what it is that the church was heading into. And the scripture um, that came to my mind the following morning when I was meditating on that particular dream is in Galatians chapter 1, uh, beginning at verse 8. And uh, Paul writing, he says, But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than that which you we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so I say now again: If any man preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached, received, let him be accursed. And so the church is going into an age whereby um, there's going to be more and more false doctrine brought into the world and into the church, and it is so important for us as believers to be grounded in God's Word, for it is God's Word that is our, our foundation, our grounding. We are to walk in the Spirit, but the Holy Spirit and the Word of God will always be completely in line and in sync. They will never di- digress from each other. The two are always going to be t- together. And so it's so important for the, the church today to be uh, completely grounded in the Word of God. And so that particular dream the Lord gave me, just to encourage me once again, that We need to, to understand the Word of God, know the Word of God, and live by the Word of God. And that is as far as we're going to go with regards to the teaching and dreams. We'll look at uh, further aspects of how the Holy Spirit leads us uh, in other teachings. But that particular, this particular teaching is to reveal to you that dreams are for the church age. Uh, they're part of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we're not to seek... After the manifestation of dreams. We're to seek after his counsel. Amen.